Welcome to another episode of 2ATV. It's time for our thoracic quiz. Why have you started shortening the name of our podcast? What did I say? 2ATV. Oh, or not. <laughs> it's a lot. funny lol. <laughs> okay, um, anyway, keep going. We've finally got the quiz. We're just going to run through a few past questions from Master Pass, one of the past question books. Real nice. Um, which is supposed to be a bit easier. <laughs> um, so off we go. Off we go. A patient with a lung cancer measuring 3.5 Oh, shit. Okay. In their right upper lobe, four centimetres from the mediastinal structure with one centimetre nose in the right hilum. So right upper lobe, right hilum. And a three millimetre needle <laughs> in the right lower lobe underwent a PET for further staging following the standard CT. The primary tumour is avid and further uptake of over 2.5 SUV is seen in the nodes of its lateral hilum. Further uptake is seen bilaterally in the supraclavicular region mm-hmm. in the linear distribution, although no associated soft tissue mass is seen on the corresponding diagnostic CT. The small nodule in the right lower lobe is not well visualized on PET and no uptake is seen related to it. What is the most likely TNM staging based on PET scan? Oh, Jesus. So I'm presuming that supraclavicular is what's going to upgrade it. Can you read that thing about the supraclavicular so again? The, there's uptake seen in the linear distribution, although no associated soft tissue mass is seen in the corresponding diagnostic CT. So, so surely that's not a lymph node? No. If it's linear uptake. Okay. Is it something else? That contrast. Okay. What else could it be? Pleural invasion? If it's linear, I don't know. Sorry, keep going. Talk, talk me through it. Well, I'm so then you were going to stay. Point. I said, what's the most likely? I can't remember any of our staging. We did such a fun quiz. I know, but three point five centimeters would normally be, I think, one. Or is that two? Is it two to three, three to four? I can't remember. It'll be in here, isn't it? Uh, I had such a fun game. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Less than three centimeters. T one. Yeah. So this is two already. T2, Fine. Okay. Yeah. Which actually breaks it down to two. Tell me. Possible answers. Yeah. So we, we've already progressed. So it's whether essentially it's metastatic or not. It's either MX. Yeah. Which means. Uh, you haven't looked for metastases everywhere. Okay. Or M one. Which is. Which is you've got place. a proven. Met. No, no, it's not to one place. Oh, no, because I'm thinking, I, I thought we now say M1, A, B, C. None of this stuff. Um, so M- was... but MX is always is still a thing. That yeah. means you haven't done staging yeah. yet. Yeah. Um, so you can't say, so yeah. if you've just got a CT thorax yeah. and there's no metastases on it, yeah. you can't say yeah. that there's no yeah. metastases. Yeah. But... Uh, M1, let me just tell you, M1A is local thoracic metastatic disease and M1B is distant or extra thoracic. The the number doesn't quantify the number of meds. No, B, C. B was one extra thoracic, C was multiple. It doesn't say that in Mandel, but maybe that's late. Yeah, 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 fine, 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 fine. Um, So we've got to decide whether we think this lines in the supraclavicular are mets or not. What do you think? Well, because I thought when you saw supraclavicular nodes, that would only upstage at the end, but it's now whether are they saying this is plural stuff? Because if they are... Yeah, is it like a malignant pleural effusion? Let's say M1A. Well, 
one. M1, excuse me. We were saying, see, I've been really naughty now with the pen that answers. Yeah, I oh my god. Hold on, just be patient. Tell me. The other one, MS. The satellite nodule would upstage this to M1 if positive. It is too small to exclude this from PET. Therefore, metastatic disease cannot be accurately assessed. And this should be mentioned in the report. Ah, so that node is the, in, in the nodule. three millimeter nodule. It's too small okay. to know on PET or other. Okay. Yeah, fine. Next the question. Superclavicular uptake. Sorry, excuse me. Sounds typical of brown fat uptake, and providing there is no correlating soft tissue mass should be reported as such. Fine. Okay, yeah. Brown fat. Yeah. That's well, that's good. It's useful to me. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next question. An infant. Oh no, I don't have diapers. Yeah, move on. A 32 year old man developed a low grade fever and weight loss. Yeah. He was previously well and had never smoked. CT shows lymphadenopathy on both sides of the diaphragm, and a sample taken at mediastinoscopy showed Reed Sternberg cells. Oh, yeah. There was no further positive findings in the rest of the thorax or abdomen. Mm -mm. Where in the thorax is the, is the lymphadenopathy most likely? So he's got Hodgkin's lymphoma. Anterior mediastinal? What are our options? Sorry. Anterior, middle, posterior, superior, higher. I'm going to go anterior. Why do you say that? Because you learn about terrible lymphomas being in the anterior mediastinum. Oh, yeah, okay. But I don't know. Anterior mediastinum. The nodular sclerosis subtype is the most common and carries relatively good prognosis. There is a bimodal distribution from that. Anterior mediastinal and retrosternal nodes are more commonly involved. The presence of a pleurofusion is not a prognostic significance. I didn't even notice he had a pleurofusion. Oh, fine. Right, fine. Next. I would not have guessed that. Wouldn't you? I don't think so. It's fine. A 64-year-old non-smoker presents to his GP with progressive dyspnea. His chest radiograph demonstrates a peripheral lung mass. What is the most likely histological type of carcinoma? Ooh, I can't remember any of well, our lung cancer stuff. The most common one was adenoma, wasn't it? Maybe. I thought it was adenoma and then the two S's next. Maybe. You're better at lungs than I am. Um, Tell me, sorry. So then it's a 64-year-old non-smoker adenoma. Yeah. Because the other two are super smoothly related. What are our options? Uh, squamous cell, no. small cell, no. bronchial alveolar cell, large cell, or adeno. Let's go adeno because it's super common, as you said. Adeno. Tell me. This is simply a question of incidence. It is the most common type of lung carcinoma and it's also the most common in non-smokers. You absolutely smashed that. Very impressed. <laughs> uh, next question. A patient with a known malignancy presented with acute shortness of breath. The attending physician requested CT pulmonary angiogram to exclude a pulmonary embolus. Of course they did. A filling defect was seen in the left lower pulmonary artery with a wedge-shaped collapsed distal to it, yeah. which primary tumour is most frequently associated with pulmonary embolism. Oh, tell me some options. A, lung carcinoma. Mm. B, hepatocellular carcinoma. C, gastric carcinoma. D, ovarian cystadenoma. E, prostate carcinoma. Oh, I haven't got a clue. For some reason, I go for one of the last two. Uh, well, it's a man, isn't it? 
Uh, patient with a known malignancy. Fine. In which case, I'm going to go ovarian. Even though it's a stadinoma, still ovarian? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't know what that means, yeah. Okay. Gastric. Tell me. Ovarian carcinoma and extrahepatic bile duct carcinomas also demonstrate a high rate of corneal So three, gastric carcinoma, ovarian carcinoma and extrahepatic bile duct. So not hepatocellular. Love that. Learn a bit. A 75-year-old gentleman who had worked in the construction industry had a chest failure prior to an entry prior to an elective cholecystectomy. Multiple calcified pleural plaques were visible bilaterally with lower zone predominant, particular opacification. Mm. What is the most likely pleural manifestation of this disease? What are the options, please? Diffuse pleural thickening, pleural effusion, vocal pleural plaques, pleural calcification. Mesothelioma. Calcification, isn't it? Ta- read them to me again, sorry. Diffuse, have we got the disease? Well, so it's asbestos-related. It's not asbestosis, asbestosis, because that's different to plural asbestos exposure. Uh, but this is asbestosis because they've got lower zone predominant particular. But I think they're asking about the plural changes. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. So diffuse plural thickening... Yeah. Pleural effusion, yeah. vocal pleural plaques, pleural calcification, mesothelioma. So mesothelioma, no. Yeah. I know that from what I vaguely remember, pleural plaques and calcification come much later. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether the most like common, what was the question? What's most... the most likely pleural manifestation? What is the most likely pleural manifestation? I'm wondering whether it's like a pleural thickening yeah. or maybe pleural effusion. Would you have just gone for a pleural plaque? I would have gone with calcification. Yeah. Because that's what we see and that's how we notice yeah. it, but I'm wondering whether we miss them. Yeah, maybe. Let's go calcification because that's what we see. Pleural fusion. Is it? Yeah. It's often the earliest abnormality. Mm. Oh, fuck. In the... I'm just going to be so badly in this exam. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. In asbestos-related pleural disease, but focal pleural plaques are more common during the later part of the disease. Very fine fibres such as cro... Kydalite are more likely to result in extensive pleural disease. Sorry, Angel. <laughs> a patient with long-standing severe rheumatoid arthritis developed progressive dyspnea. What is the most frequent intrathoracic manifestation of the disease? Oh, the most frequent. Don't bloody know. Oh, what yeah. are our options, please? Pleural disease. Nah, nah. Not interested. Interstitial fibrosis. Love that. Yeah. Uh, bronchiectasis. Bronchiolitis obliterans, it is a cause of that, I think. Pulmonary nodules, you can see nodules look like rheumatoid nodules. I wonder if it's nodules, you know. Yeah, because that would become before fibrosis, wouldn't it? You'd think that would become before. Yeah. Let's go for that. Oh, it's exciting. Plural disease. Oh, stop! Are you joking? Rheumatoid lung occurs more frequently in males with rheumatoid arthritis although rheumatoid is more common in females. Pleural involvement is the most common thoracic manifestation while rheumatoid nodules are the rarest. <laughs> are you joking? Oh, dear. We've just done lungs. It's all right. But we didn't, we didn't say that, did no. we? So it's just extra learning. Yeah. A 30-year-old female... 30 or 13? 38. Yeah. Sorry, I just said it wrong. <laughs> 38. Um, sorry, I'm just going to check the time. We can't have been talking for no, 30 minutes. No, I think I got confused. 
<laughs> a 38-year-old female of West African descent presented with a fever, malaise, and large joint arthralgia. She was also noted to have erythema nervosum. Her calcium levels were elevated, <laughs> and her chest radiographed by lateral yeah. nodular pulmonary hyalurs. Did it indeed. What is the most likely diagnosis? Sarcoid. I don't even want the other options. Yeah. God, I, wouldn't, I would have got it. It took me a while. It's the elevated calcium. calcium. I forgot to tell you that was elevated ACE and elevated calcium. Yeah, I should put that in. Please do. It's in the. It's in here. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think I might stop writing on my textbooks. I'm you know. I've just decided that I'm going to now. Time. It's time. Being so careful. So was I. Yours isn't even a real copy. <laughs> but I think it's just all the questions. Yeah. Tell me. Uh, Keep going. Sorry. Oh, we need to read the answer. Acute sarcoidosis. Features of acute sarcoidosis. Oh, it's got a name. It's very similar to Loeffler, but it's not Loeffler. Tell me. Loeffgren syndrome. Yeah, I've heard of that. Include fever malaise, bilateral hyalur lymphadenopathy, erythematosum, arthralgia, and occasionally parotitis and uveitis. The Kvam-Zultzbach test is rarely used and involves intracutaneous injection of a suspension of human sarcoid spleen. ACE levels are more commonly used, which are elevated in 70% of sarcoid patients and are an indicator of the granuloma burden on the body. Okay. The chest radiograph of a severely, severely dyssonic patient with AIDS showed bilateral diffuse interstitial and airspace infiltrate for the symmetrical perihyalur distribution. Mm. What would you expect the CD4 count to be? So we know it's PCP. Tell me some options. So 1,000. No, jog on. 50. No. 600. No. 400. 150. Mm, I'm going to go 150. Oh, really? I was going to say 400. Yeah, interesting. Only because I thought 150 was the more um, other... You get the CMVs and the whatever. I don't know. 150. Is there a reason? No. No. Oh. <laughs> I think you just need to know that. A chest radiograph taken of an adult female with underlying chronic lung disease demonstrates hyperinflated lungs, mm. patchy upper lobe consolidation, and several one to two centimeter ring shadows in a predominantly upper lobe distribution. Okay. A recent full blood count showed an isinophilia. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> what is the most likely diagnosis? Some options, please. Hypersensitivity pneumonia. Isinophilic pneumonia, ABPA, TB, lipoid pneumonia. Um, Was isinophilic upper lobe? I can't remember, but uh, for some reason, ABPA is upsetting me. Why? Mm, because why has she got ring-shaped lesions? Ring shadows. Why has she got ring shadows? she got cavities. No, they would have to say cavity. That's not cavity. Oh, it's a chest x-ray. Yeah. Oh, fuck. And I can't remember what ABPA is. ABPA, yes, you do. Allergic bronchopulmonary. Yeah, but it's not... Finger and glove. Think Fine, so that's not the cavity ones. That's an aspergilloma. Yeah. Fine. So in which case I want to go for eosinophilic disease or whatever. Tell me. ABPA! <laughs> Why? This is 
classically described in patients as a long-standing asthma, I know that, and is the commonest cause of a pulmonary xenophilia in the UK. I didn't know that. The pulmonary infiltrates are often migratory, and other key features include a fingering glove appearance yeah. of mucus plugs within dilated second-order bronchi. So it was, you're seeing, I don't know what you're seeing with the ring-shaped opacities. Whatever. Something to come back to. Fine. A 20-year-old male presented to ED with chest pain. A chest radiograph demonstrated abnormal density behind the heart. And while his symptoms resolved rapidly, the abnormality persisted on repeat imaging. It's going to be like some neuroendocrine thing. Just... A CT showed it to be a mass within the left lower lobe with a systemic arterial supply. Oh, yeah. What additional finding would make a diagnosis of intralobar bronchopulmonary sequestration more likely than an, an extralobar type? Ooh, yeah, tell the me. The of multiple systemic feeding arteries. They both have that. An associated, oh yeah, an associated diaphragmatic hernia, a more solid appearance to the mass, separate pleural layer around the mass, no, that would be extra lobar, wouldn't it? Drainage via pulmonary veins. Can you tell me what the question, the last bit of the question, what, what additional it... finding would make a diagnosis of an intralobar bronchial more. more likely than extra lobar? More likely. So I feel like extra lobar, that would be the separate pleural layer around the mass, because that's an extra lobar. Um, we had some teaching on this the other day, and I was told you can't tell the difference. The only difference is age, young ones, it's extra labour. Well, they obviously lie. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I can't give you the answer, I'm afraid. It is a young person, but yeah. Drainage via pulmonary veins. Okay. The other findings are all more typical of an extra labour sequestration. Okay, so tell me the other ones, yeah. So typical findings in extra labour sequestration are presence of multiple small systemic feeding arteries, an associated diaphragmatic hernia, a more solid appearance to the mass, separate pleural layer around the mass, whereas drainage via pulmonary veins makes it more intralobar. Okay, perfect. A few more questions, keep going. Speed, Sorry, speed. Got yeah. No, I haven't. A previously healthy adult male has been diagnosed with active pulmonary tuberculosis infection. What feature on imaging would suggest primary rather than oh, reactivation? No. Okay, go on. Cavity formation. No. Calcification. No. Tuberculoma formation. Come back to me on that one. Non-specific pneumonitis. I think that's the one. Fibrosis and distortion of lung. I think it's a non-specific pneumonitis. Makes it more primary. What makes it more primary? Yeah, all of the other ones are like the latent. Yeah. We'll see. I might be wrong. Non-specific pneumonitis. The division between primary and secondary TB infection is not always clear-cut, as approximately 10% of primary infections progress uninterrupted into a more chronic progressive disease. It is generally accepted that the predominant radiological features of primary infections are adenopathy and foci of tuberculous pneumonitis, randomly distributed and ranging from small, ill-defined airspace opacification to segmental and lobar consolidation. So pneumonitis. So it looks like an infection rather like than just yeah. normal infection. Yeah. When you get to reactivation, TB that's when it starts looking like what we know of as TB. Yeah. yeah. It's useful. A 56 year old man presented with recurrent episodes of fever, dry cough, and dyspnea. On specific questioning, he states he breeds pigeons. What <laughs> <laughs> feature would make the diagnosis of extrinsic allergic alveolitis? Which is the same as um, 
hypersensitivity and pneumonitis? No, less likely. Okay. A pleural effusion. Don't know. A normal chest radiograph. Mm, don't know. Fibrosis of middle and low zones, because it's upper. Right. Traction bronchiectasis. Diffuse ground glass attenuation on high resolution CT. So you would expect ground glass on high res. Yeah. You could have a normal chest X-ray. Yeah. Uh, what were the other? Tracting bronchiectasis. You could have that in. Uh, fibrotic. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, pleural effusion. That one I don't know about. I, I don't know, but I think less like fibrosis of middle or lower zones. It's upper zone predominant. You're obsessed with these upper lobe and lower lobe predominance. I don't know. Let's go for that because you felt strongly about it. I don't know. I can't remember them. Pleural effusion. I thought so. Acute and late phases. I'm going to say HSP. Yeah. A normal chest radiograph is seen in 30 to 95%. No radiological study is pattern and mono, but appearances that would support a diagnosis include patchy, non specific luminitis, small pulmonary nodules, which may be so small they give the appearance of ground glass consolidation and more chronic changes reflecting healing fibrosis such as bronchiectasis and scarring. Although the horizontal fissure may become thicker, in general, pleural disease not feature. Well, they've ignored my answer. Yeah. I think you might put a bit too much store by your uppers and your lowers. I'm sorry mean. about that. <laughs> what feature would make them less likely? Pleural fusion, okay. A 45-year-old female presented with progressive dyspnea. A chest radiograph demonstrated reticular densities with preserved lung volumes. An HRCT showed uniform cysts throughout the lung with normal intervening lung. What is the most likely diagnosis? So she's a middle-aged woman. Uh, yeah, so I think she's going to have a lymphangiomyomatosis. Well. Tell me. No, oh, they, what yeah. are, there aren't any other options that could have tripped us up. Tuberous sclerosis. No. no. Hysteocytosis, that's Langerhans cells. So I think you... Um, What's Langerhans, sorry? Langerhans cells, they said hysteocytosis. Oh, fine. And I think with that, you don't get preserved lung volumes. Isn't that right? Yeah, and we've said that you get weird, bizarre shaped. Yeah. Um, TB, CF. Fine. So let's read what Fangio. they've got to say. Lamb is seen exclusively in women, typically those of childbearing age. The typical appearance are thin walled cysts with normal intervening lung. There may also be a small pneumothorax and chylus effusion. Could you tell me, sorry, how she presented? Uh, Short Oh, fine. A 50 year old man was admitted feeling unwell, and multiple ill defined nodules of varying sizes within both lungs were visible on his chest radiograph. These were suspected to be lung mess. What is the most likely primal? Yeah. Testicular teratoma, renal cell, thyroid, melanoma, pancreatic. We know that renal goes like bang, bang, bang. It's multiple ill-defined nodules of varying sizes within both lungs. Um, but is renal cell more common? And there are other things that give cannibal mets, aren't yeah, there? Yeah. Uh, let's go renal cell. I would do that just... Yeah. Renal. Lovely. All these tumours, except pancreatic carcinoma, often 
metastases to the chest, but renal cell is the most common and the most likely to present with lung nets. Okay, I'm just going to look us up a little differential for cannonball mets. Okay. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. No, no. That's not helpful. Should I continue? Renal cell oh, yeah. and choriocarcinoma are the two most common. Okay. To give cannonball mets, less common prostate, endometrial, synovial sarcoma, and adrenal carcinoma. Well, and according to this, a few others. Oh, tell me. Well, because he said. Oh, but no, no, it can go to the lungs. They didn't say cannonball mets. Oh, sorry, thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. So choreo and renal are the most common. Cannonball mets. Yeah, and then the others. Come on, that. that's okay. Prostate, endometrial, synovial sarcoma, and adrenal carcinoma. So we don't need to know this. Thirty-year-old male. You looked up the answer. No, naughty I girl. The page. Naughty, 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 naughty. Keep going. A thirty-year-old male presented with night sweats and weight loss. A chest radiograph revealed widening of the right paratracheal space, and a CT demonstrated extensive lymphadenopathy within the thorax, but no subdiaphragmatic involvement. In view of the likely diagnosis of lymphoma, what would make non-Hodgkin's lymphoma more likely than Hodgkin? Ooh. More abnormal T cells on lymph node biopsy. Incidence. Pleural effusion. Normal chest radiograph six months previously. Involvement of principally the hyalur and subcarinal lymph nodes. Sorry, read the last bit of the question. Non Hodgkin's more likely than Hodgkin. I think incidence. Non Hodgkin's is more common than Much Hodgkin's, common. isn't it? Yeah, but also it's more B cell abnormality than T cell. I don't know, Incidence. Eight times more common. Hodgkin's is a disease solely of T cells, as opposed to non-Hodgkin's, which can involve T or B cells. Adenopathy most commonly involves the anterior mediastinal nodes. We said that earlier. Chlorofusion is non-discriminatory. A patient with, was known to have HIV, Presented with shortness of breath and underwent further investigation. Their CD4 count was 208 cells per cubic centimetre. What AIDS defining illness would be most likely with this CD4 count? So, not PCP, we you know. Oh, God, give me some options. Um, lymphoma, histoplasmosis, Kaposi sarcoma, PCP, pulmonary CMV. That's quite difficult. I'd go PCP again, it's always going to be the most common in an HIV uh, patient. Oh, tell me. Lymphoma, histoplasmosis, pneumocystis, and CMV are all usually below 200. Oh, for heaven's sake. It's good to know, though. Tell me, keep going. That's it. Oh, fine. Do you remember what Carposis looks like? I do. I remember a buzzword. Thing. Yes, don't know who it was. I was like, um, the firework one, isn't it? No, you're very close. It's like a firework. It's like a different word for a firework. No, it's not a different word for a firework. It is, it's like that. Flame. Flame shape. Yeah. Smash it. Let me just, let me just read to you very quickly about yeah. Carpaces. Because actually we never did that in a podcast that night. I found that annoying. No, because there's more in Crack the Core. Uh, say sorry, one, one moment. Oh, God. Oh, God, I can't find it. It's a disaster. 
Uh, uh, uh. Here we go. Most common lung tumor in AIDS patients. Lymphoma is number two. Tracheobronchial mucosa and perihyla lung are favored. Buzzword is flame-shaped and a bloody pleural effusion is common. Things to know about Kaposi's sarcoma. CD4 count, CD4 count has to be less than 200, it says here. <laughs> uh, most common hepatic neoplasm in AIDS. That is really Just annoying. You just have to accept it and move on. I it's can't. around the 200 mark. Um, most common hepatic neoplasm in AIDS. Are you listening to me? Yes. Hepatic, yeah. not the lungs. Yeah. Buzzword, flame-shaped opacities. Slow growth with asymptomatic patients despite lungs looking awful. Thallium positive, gallium negative. Am I supposed to give you an answer? No. Oh, that is all. I'm just telling you things to know about carposes. What was the liver stuff then? Sorry. That it's the most common hepatic neoplasm in AIDS. Oh, okay. And they might be well, despite horrible lungs. Yeah. Slow growth. Thallium pos negative. Positive. Oh, so the opposite of what we were just talking about, and gallium negative. Yeah, what was the thing we were just talking about? One right at the end. It must be a cystic thing. Not. It wasn't Borg. It was something else that we were talking about. I wonder if it was PCP. <laughs> oh, yes, it could have been, because you were talking about the bat wings. So that's useful. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. So PCP gallium will show Good. diffuse uptake. Thallium, thallium negative. Thallium. Whereas PCP epoxic capoeci sarcoma thallium positive, gallium negative, and lymphoma thallium positive, gallium positive. Oh. Well, that's a bit easier. That's the one. It's finishing. Okay. Fine. Good night. Goodbye.